0: There are 39 milahot, which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnirb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on the radio on Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg. And a very, very warm welcome to all of our radio family. Thank you so much for taking the time for... Using the opportunity to grab a little bit of spirituality, a little bit of Torah, as we prepare for Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Boy, fifteenth Shabbos of the year, already fifteenth Parsha of of the year. It's moving moving along, Baruch Hashem. I hope your year has started swimmingly, Baruch Hashem. Someone said the January is already over. Once January is finished, well, that means the year is already two chugging along, which I guess has some validity, but Baruch Hashem, there's lots to look forward to, lots to do, lots of Torah to learn, lots of spirituality to experience, and lots of growth for us to kind of garner for ourselves and for our our families. So listen to an idea, I think that's, for me, it was a chiddush, and I hope you might enjoy hearing it also. You know that the first of the Aserah Those sort of basic statements, those basic tenets, on which Yiddishkeit is so much based. The first one says, "I am Hashem, your God." Hashem it says, "Sichah me'etsm Minchayim, It took you out of land of Egypt. Me base avodim. Now the these last two words, base avodim, so they're usually translated in one of two ways, either. From the house of being slaves, or just plain from from slavery, yet many of the mafarshim bring actually another another uh, interpretation, which is, I think, is quite quite intriguing, which we're now going to present and perhaps elaborate on, and and I think it answers a lot of a lot of questions. Mafarshim say that the base avodim. Is actually referring to the Egyptians themselves, who were, in fact, themselves slaves. This parish comes from the tour. The tour brings this down. The Rabbein Bachaya brings it. The Sif Se-Koyin in his parish on, on the, on, on the Torah all say the similarity. In fact, the, uh, the Sifse Says, the reason why, Kaddish Baruch Hu specifically chose Mitzrayim as the gullus, even though uh, uh, in the Brisbane Abbasarim, in the original uh, uh, notification to Avrovinu that there was going to be a gullus, Hashem never said that it was going to be Mitzrayim. It just says be'eret lo'ylehem. The reason why is Mitzrayim was l'fnei shakod yo adlis shol v'acher ken Hashem promised the Jews that they were going to go out with, with great wealth. If it, it had been another land, would be a terrible, terrible, uh, almost a criminal activity. That they should just walk out and take all their money. Even if that nation had enslaved the Jews. The the, 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 slavery itself was, a decree the, Baruch, was the decree from Akadish Bokshan Nigzalim. That was decreed on the Jews. O befrat, shem l'chu Certainly if they had, as, as the Torah seems to describe, they, they borrowed it with no intention of returning. They borrowed from them friends. And that's why, specifically, the slavery had to be in Mitzrayim. Because everyone knows shehem avodim, that the Egyptians themselves are slaves. konarabai, what a slave owns actually belongs to 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 its master. So he's actually explaining why do we have to go to Mitzrayim, even though they said the designated place wasn't revealed to Avraham Avinu. He says Who was the original Mitzrayim? Mitzrayim was the son of Cham, who was the son of Naach, and we know that Cham and all of his descendants were cursed with a decree of being slaves. Evid avodim It's written that they will forever be slaves to his to his brothers. We know Shem was the biggest, Salek was the most virtuous son of of uh, of, of uh, Naach. And his descendants were Avmavinu and, and later Amishal. Therefore, when it says the, the halacha dictates, that Masha kone evet kone rabbi, whatever, uh, uh, comes into the possession of a slave automatically belongs to his master. Therefore, Amishal imachayim, who were really the master over the Egyptians were wrongly working as slaves to, to, to the Mitzrayim. And they were really, they, they were really the masters over, over, over the Egyptians. Therefore, the money that we took out from Mitzrayim really belongs to us. For we were their masters. Masha Evet, Kana, Kana Rabbi. Therefore, there was no Chil Hashem. For Klai Yisrael to take the wealth of Mitzrayim, since they were legally the true owners of that, of that wealth. And, and with this, we can, we can take a trip. We can answer a lot of, a lot of issues. We can answer firstly the question that the Prashastrachim asks. How is it that, how can Mitzrayim be punished with, with Makkas? And also, with their money being taken over by Claesel, when we have the rule of, uh, there's a rule in, 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 in the Gemara, in, 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 Marcus, that come mi that when a, that when a person has to suffer two punishments, let's say he's condemned to death, let's say for killing somebody, so then, uh, he doesn't have to pay, he's freed from paying for any damages that, that occurred during that act of of murder, right? If he uh, shot someone and, and 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 ruined his shirt at the same time, he doesn't have to pay for the shirt because the Torah prescribes that the murderer is given the the greater of of the two punishments. He gets he gets the death. Yet here in the Makas of Mitzrayim, firstly they died, and Yisrael also took their money away from them. How could they do that? is not a violation of Kim Lam Ramine. Eh? However, the way we're touching it now, so the question doesn't even doesn't even begin. Since the money was legally Israel's because of the stin of Mashakona of Ebon Kanarabo. Therefore they weren't illegally taking something else besides the punishment. The money was actually was actually theirs all the all the uh, all the time. So also says we can explain the uh, famous Medrash ploy on, on, on next week's Pasha, where the, where the Medrash says, Hayom Ra of Ayonas, when the Klaesol came to Yamsuf, and uh, we know the Yamsuf refused to divide, until, what did it see? Ma ro says the Medrash, it saw the great wealth that Amishol were carrying out of Mitzrayim. So, perhaps, Basically what we're saying, we can suggest that the explanation is that Chazal tell us that at Yitzhak Mitzrayim, so there arose a huge question on whether Am Yisrael were, were actually of pure lineage or, or not. The Medrash, the Medrash uh, 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 tells us that since they were slaves of Mitzrayim and they were fully controlled by the Egyptians, so, uh, the situation perhaps, uh, presents itself that their wives were also controlled by the, uh, by the, uh, uh, Egyptians. In fact, uh, Rashi uh, brings this in, in safer, in safer by midbar. Consequently, the men who left Mitzrayim were perhaps, perhaps fathered by, by Egyptians. And, and therefore the, the pure yichus of Yisrael was lost. Now the only reason why they were able to take the wealth from Matrim was because they were descendants of Shem, to whom we know Chom was a slave. Without Yisroel's legal ownership of, of the, uh, of the Matrim, so then, as we said, the taking of Matrim's wealth would have been, would of caused certainly a huge, a huge chilesha, and therefore the Yamsov originally thought that it doesn't have to divide, uh, uh, for the Jewish nation. Because who says that Amisol is, uh, is, is actually, uh, were, were, uh, were worthy of, uh, of, 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 being said? And who says that, uh, that the, the Kleisol in, in Golis, in fact, in, uh, preserved their, their, their Yichus that they had from, from the others? However, when the Yamsuf saw that they were taking the wealth of Egypt, so that was proof that Yisrael's Yichus was, un, was unimpugned, it was completely, it was completely uh, pure, and that the women of Yisrael, Chasrishom, did not succumb to, to, to kind of the immoral decadence of, of Mitzrayim. So then, it could split for, for Klai Yisrael. Perhaps we could say even another, Answered to the same, to the same, uh, 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 question. That, uh, Chazal say on the same post that the Yamsuf, what, uh, what, uh, ma, ayam, ro, yosef. It saw the coffin of Yosef, which Klaesho carried out of Mitzrayim. Just like in the post we find that the word, by Yonas here, so also by Yosef at Sadiq, when he was tested, by Mrs. Poitifar who wanted to uh, to uh, to sleep with him, she wanted to to seduce him. So there also, the pasuk says, by Yona's hachutzah, he ran. And Chazal say that by Yosef passing this <laughs> absolutely incredible nesayon, this test, he achieved that all of Yisrael, in the entire time of the Golis, of of Kleisrael, now had the koyach. Now had the resilience to resist all temptation and be able to pass the test of, 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 immorality, which is the biggest test that human beings, that human beings face. So too, by the arms of seeing the coffin of, of Yosef, it was able to understand that Am Yisrael is completely, completely pure and they have the yichus to, to leave the bondage of, of, of Mitzrayim. So we can even see this concept in, in, in our dominant, where we say in the, in the bracha after Krishma, where we discuss Yetzias Yasmichayim and Kriyas Yamsev, it says there, uh, uh, Hashem mm-hmm. did all kinds of sons and miracles in the land of And it's so interesting, why did Chazal uh, establish the text of this bracha by calling Mitzrayim by the name of the children of Ham? And not Mitzrayim, as in the very next phrase, it says, And the source of the word Ham in the context, so it, it's a, it comes actually from a Pasuk, in Tehillim Peiches it says, He struck the Mitzrayim, the first of their strength, in the tense of Avcham. Of but the question still remains, why does the Pasuk mention Chum and not Mitzrayim? So the answer can be that by reminding us that the inhabitants of Mitzrayim were from the children of Ham, who were cursed together with their descendants to be avodim, to be slaves to the descendants of, of, of Shem. So it's emphasizing that the whole Abdus, that the, the bondage was more severe than in other gullis. Why? Being that we were really their masters. And not their slaves. So, kind of the role of 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 Yisrael and time should actually have been have been reversed by saying that uh uh, uh that that by saying that bnei chum right upon whom we were really their masters. So, we're revealing that we were allowed to take their wealth, and also that it's proved, as we said, that the yichus of Kla Yisrael was completely. Un, un, uh, untouched and and uh, and therefore the text in my riv, uh, uh continues to say that Hashem took out as Yisrael Mitochem, that we remain the pure Am We'll come wrap it up in a moment. In the meantime, we're just going to go to the shops. This is one one point nine High FM, sold to so on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. There are 39 milahot, which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Moshe Schneb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on your radio on a Friday afternoon. And a welcome back to our second segment of the show, as we always do at this point. To give you those important times you need to know to get your Shabbos preparations organized candle lighting tonight is still the standard Johannesburg summer time at quarter past six. the latest actual time for lighting candles tonight if you need to is six forty two eighteen minutes before seven o'clock skia is at exactly seven o'clock tonight Shabbos kurdish ends tomorrow evening at seven thirty two uh just past Half past seven, and we are already getting, getting a little bit early. I'm sorry, I think it's 7.33. Don't want to rob Shabbos even of one, of one, uh, minute. As you say, it is Shabbos Pasha's Boy. The normal Haftarah, uh, applies. We had Rosh Chodesh this week, so we're sailing along to Bishvat, please God. will be a week from Monday, and we're cooking up and getting, getting wonderful things going on. So just to, to, to include that uh, sort of, to sort of wrap up the idea we're, we're talking about. And we're told that really cloudy soil were destined to stay in Mitzrayim for 400 years. Abama And we know that it was shortened 190 years. Chishev HaSaKates knocked off Kates 190 years and shortened it to 210. And and we're told that the reason was that, uh Baruch Hu uh, kind of turned up the the intensity, the koshia shibud, the the difficulty of of the shibud was turned up, and therefore the suffering that we should have suffered in four hundred years, we were able to suffer in in two hundred and ten years, and as it says, sivlois. Mitzrayim, veitzalti eschem, may, may avoid the remove you from the excruciating anguish, right, to, to bear the oppressor Mitzrayim. And maybe, maybe the, the, perhaps a significant part of that anguish was, in fact, this concept, that the Jews were actually the masters, and the Egyptians the slaves, and, and, and the total torture of actually having to work for someone that you know is, is, is your inferior and you should actually be controlling them. That's a very, very difficult thing to bear and, and that, that difficult dimension may have been one of the factors that helped Kaiser to finish up the, the, uh, the Gullus, the Gullis, uh, uh, earlier. Maybe that's another ec- explanation, uh, 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 why, why the Yamsuf was able to, uh, to 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 split for the Jewish nation, and again the Yamsef may have thought that how can the Jews go out already? The four hundred years weren't weren't yet uh, over, and making our departure from from Eretz uh premature. However, the Yamsef saw the wealth of Mitzrayim that Yisrael were asked by Hashem to take, and Hashem's obvious lack of concern of causing Achil Hashem. So the Yamsov then understood that the relationship between Amishal and the Egyptians was that the Gidden were the masters and Matrium were really the slaves. And again, Mashal Khonne Ebed so now realized that the servitude of the Gidden to the Matrium was doubly severe psychologically, emotionally on every level, and therefore they were considered at this juncture, certainly uh, of having paid the price of having, as you say, done, done the time and were able then to, to leave, to leave, uh, uh, time at that, at that, uh, at that time. Just an interesting idea to share perhaps at your, at your Shabbos table and, and discuss. We are, we are learning the laws of Yom Tov. We're dealing with the issues of Muktse on Yom and we spoke last week that there are certain areas where the laws of Muktzah on Yom are more lenient than on Shabbos, such as, let's say, uh, if you have an item that... Uh, is Muktzah because you cannot cook it, right? You have your in your freezer, you have the the ice cream stuck under a a roast that you bought for some other occasion. Obviously, you can't cook the roast, you can't do anything with the roast on Shabbos. Therefore, it is it is Muktzah. However, on Yom tev, since you could uh, uh, cook that roast and and prepare it for a Yom meal, therefore it's not Muktzah, and one will be able to 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 move it. You have a a key to an area that where you have food items and it's mixed up with perhaps other mukta items, you'd be allowed to take it and remove it. So the key is definitely not mukta. I can uh I can you know take it to open that that food that food area. However we said that things that in some areas are the same, let's say even food items that are brought for you by a non Jew, uh perhaps even harvested or let's say fish that were caught on behalf of a jew on on yontif so that you can't you can't eat because since you had no intention of eating you had no knowledge of them as far as you were concerned when yontif started they were still in the pond or still connected to the to the tree so and since we ourselves couldn't uh uh, you know catch the fish or harvest the fruit on on yontif therefore uh Right, uh, or, or, or say some, some fancy building materials. You have some pieces of wood that were set aside for, for building. So, uh, I couldn't light a fire in order to cook food with them on, on Yantiv because they are, since they are mukta, because of the fact that they're precious and you wouldn't want to use them for, uh, for anything other than their intended purpose of, of building. Therefore, you can't use them to, to, uh, burn. Uh, even your food on, on, not burn, but to burn the wood so that you can prepare your food for 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 Shabbos. However, there are a couple of areas where the laws of muktzah on yontif may actually be even stricter than the laws of uh, of, uh, of of Shabbos. And Chazal kind of added extra stringencies to the Yantuf because they were worried that since we do allow. The the carrying out and the fulfillment of certain uh, uh malachas on yomtiv for the purpose of preparing food that might lead us, you know, once we're allowed to do things, we get a little bit carried away sometimes, and that might think allow us to think that we could do other malachas that are in fact not permitted on on the on the yomtiv, and chazal therefore saw that uh, uh, for so fit to be strict in certain areas to kind of put up a a, a, red, a red robot that uh, what is to let us know what is permitted and what is forbidden. We'll keep you in suspense for a moment what that is while we go to the shops. Please don't run away at this one 1.9 high FM. Soul to soul. Stay tuned. <laughs> There are 39 milachot, which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnirb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we're back on your radio here on Friday. It's just amazing to have the opportunity to spend some time. So we're talking about areas of muktzah where the laws might be even stricter. On Yom Tov than they are on Shabbos. For example, when we know one of the types of Muktzah is noilad, something that was created or came into existence or came into usability on, on Yom Tov. So there the laws are actually stricter on Yom Tov than they are on Shabbos. For example, let's say something was, uh, uh created almost from new on, on the Yom Tov. Let's say for, uh, Example, uh, there was some woods that got burnt, let's say, on Shabbos, and now there's ash. So we know that on Shabbos, it, it remains moqtza, but where the, the noyla on Shabbos is not something entirely new. Let's say, for example, uh, the bones that are left over from the, from the chicken after, after you've eaten them. So therefore, uh, since they're still edible. You could still feed them to your to your let's say to your dog. So they're not Muktzah on on Shabbos. However, on Yom Tov, they would be Muktzah. Why? Because t- to a certain extent, these bones weren't accessible. They were hidden within the meat, and now they've become accessible. So there's an aspect of Neilad that applies to them that. Before this, the the meat was edible and and uh, and there and ready for human consumption. Consumption, and the the bones were simply part of it, were hidden in it and 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 secondary to actually the meat. And uh, now, after I've eaten the meat, and suddenly, yo, voila, there are the the bones as this new entity called bones that i can now give to my to my uh, to my animals and this comes from the mission of therefore uh you're allowed on shabbos to move the bones that are left over the the after after the meal and many uh, have the minute in fact to to move those bones in order to give them to save them to put them aside for Whatever the dogs or the cats, or whatever it is, but on Yom Tov, those bones are actually Muktzah, and and therefore you can't actually carry them and bring them for for your or set them aside for your for your animals. But obviously I can remove them from the table in the same way as I can remove all I, I can remove all rubbish, all the all the peels and stuff from from the table, anything that is going to bother and, and, and disturb the atmosphere of, of the, of the Yantav that I can, that I can move or remove, but there's actually a, a discussion amongst the various Vishainim, uh, uh, how far this extra stringency of Yantav actually goes. Some say that only by the Mukta of, of Neulal came into existence, so to speak, on we are we machmir? and others say no that this actually this concept of the stringency of mukta of yantiv includes all the different things that on the one hand a person was aware of it and therefore it wasn't completely out of your mind but on the other hand he didn't actually think practically that he was going to be able to to use them on uh, on, uh, on 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 the ambient on the uh, so, therefore, on Shabbos, they're not considered muktzah because since they were at least in your mind on, on some level, but on Yantav, where we said we are naturally stricter, they would be muktzah because you didn't actually plan to to use them before before Yantav. So, for example, if you, let's say, have a, a cow, and, and that cow you usually use just for, for milk, or you have a hen, that you use for, for eggs. And now on Yantuf you change your mind and you decide you're gonna shacht it and have it for lunch. So according to the more lenient opinion, it wouldn't be mukta because it was there somewhere in the back of your mind this, con- this concept that you could use it for, for, for shachting. But according to the ma'achmirin, it would, it would still be mukta since you never actually planned to do that before you onto it, you're gonna shak it and therefore you cannot you cannot uh uh, uh uh use it. And obviously if the cow became sick or something in a dangerous and you want to and, and if you don't shelter it now it might die and you're gonna lose the, the meat. So that's considered now a, a desperate a situation. So then even the Mahmiram the would would uh, would say that you could rely on the more leaned opinion and in that situation you could you could uh it even on even on Yantov. Our time is running out as I'm being uh, reminded. So okay, next week Bezosham will start we'll start uh, 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 something something else and uh, another aspect of Yom Yamtuf. So it's just time to wish you all a a wonderful good Shabbos. Thank you all so much for being with us. Thank you so much for being part of our regular family on a regular basis. We hope you're gaining something. We hope you're being inspired by these shirim, by these uh, droshos that we have. And Be'ez Hashem, we should be zirche to continue and carry on for many, many weeks to come and share much Torah together. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And to every single one of you, we wish you an inspiring, a warm and incredibly uplifting Shabbos. Good Shabbos to all.